Welcome back to Dylan Friends. Uh, what a big week it's been. Dylan Friends is on X Games mode. Oh my God, he on X Games mode. Thank you so much for your love and support. It's been huge. Been a big week chatting to a lot of the boys playing in the AFL Grand Final this week. Melbourne versus Doggies. And um, yeah, just cannot thank them enough for, for having us on in such an important week. We, we started off with Cody Waitman. If you haven't heard that episode, young man, he was just blew me away how switched on this young kid is and... And can't wait to see him have a crack on the weekend, which will be huge. But today, it's all about James Harms, who's who's a legend. Someone I've absolutely loved watching for a long time. And actually played against this this bloke a lot when I was at, at the Blues. And that wasn't in the AFL. That was definitely in the VFL at Preston City Oval. But he was just tearing it up. And it's so good to see him go from a rookie pick to being an absolute lock in, in the Melbourne Demons team. And, and it hasn't come easy, uh, that's for sure. But he's, he's put in the work and always had the belief in himself that he'll, that he'll get it done. So... Yeah, just just really rap for him to be honest to to see him making the grand final and and I know he'll perform on the big stage so it's going to be absolutely huge and geez it's it's exciting um you know being in Melbourne at this stage there's not much really going on we're locked inside but just can't help but think how big this game would have been if it was at the G with with all the Melbourne supporters but I digress it's going to be huge looking forward to this game I still don't know who's going to win but I do know that it's going to be a really really good game and. Whoever wins is, is going to be really deserving. But again, big, big shout out to, to James Harms for, for chatting to us in such an important week. I know if, if I was ever playing in a grand final, I would, I'd be turning off my phone and, and not saying a word. So these guys are just so switched on. They're so ready to go. They're pumped. They're confident. And um, really, really pumped to see it go. But before we get into it, I do ask one thing. If you can, um, if, you, if you love the show and you've enjoyed some of the content, it'd be absolutely huge. A massive, massive help that whatever you're listening on, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Wushka, YouTube, whatever you're listening on right now, if you could follow or subscribe the show, it just goes such a long way to, to helping grow the podcast. And um, yeah, it'd be an absolutely huge, huge support for, for the show. So I'd really, really appreciate it. Yeah, it'd be absolutely massive. So thank you so much. Hope you enjoy the show. Go James Harms. Go Dees. Let's go. My name is Deborah, Dylan's mum. Welcome to the Dylan Friends podcast. Many ways, I've been waiting my whole life for this moment. Tears, tears, tears. Strength. I'm like, I run. She's like, yeah. everyone runs. I'm like, but does everyone go to Man. the Olympics? <laughs> They're sitting there meditating, going, oh my God, I think I'm meditating. How good is this? I'm meditating. It's like, <laughs> I had a Wu Tang call. I was like, yo, Dylan, thanks for getting us in. Just love it's it. knuckle puck time. Yeah. It's like, it's like <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. James Harms, welcome to the Dylan Friends podcast, my friend. It's an honour, it's a pleasure, it's a real treat in such an important week for yourself. I can't thank you enough for jumping on. Thanks for having me, mate. I've, um, I've heard some great things about this and I'm excited to be on. No, mate, jeez, I've, I've been lining up. They've been lining up left, right and centre. You're the man of the people and um, I'm in Melbourne at the moment. There is some serious James Harms love in the Melbourne people getting around in Victoria, so... Very exciting week for yourself. Firstly, how are you feeling? What's what's going on? Jeez, it's like three, two, three games for days before the game kicks off. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty nervous to be honest with you. Um, it's just more the build up to the whole game. Like it's it's been a long time since we played, so uh, yeah, the nerves are starting to kick in now. Obviously, um, but I think once the game starts, it's just another game. So I'm just trying to keep it simple, and um, yeah, hopefully once it starts, I'm sure the nerves will uh, will disappear. I always found that as well. It's like you, you get, I don't know about you, but I had serious like anxiety before games. I'd always get so nervous. And even at halftime, quarter time, I just fucking, I hated it. But when you're in the game, you, you literally do just forget what's happening. Yeah, 100%. I mean, 
Oh, obviously, this is a bit more of a build-up, um, the granny. I've never played in a senior grand final, obviously. Coming straight out of juniors, I played in a Tac Cup one, um, but we got pumped by um, Eastern Rangers, which was uh, pretty shit. But, yeah, I, I mean, once the siren goes for the first bounce, I think, you know, you just you go out and do what you naturally do, and that's play footy. Do you have any routines or anything that you, you'll go through? Do you stick to something that sort of helps you bring back? Like last week, I suppose, um, I had a chat with Cody... Cody Waitman a couple of days ago and I was just couldn't believe like for a young guy um, how much he like had a routine and I know some players like routines some players their routine is to not even have one do you have anything that you sort of go through to keep yourself leveled? No not really I'm, I'm one of those players that just kind of goes with the flow and um, yeah i I mean, I did listen to that. He has some reset t- tools or something he goes to. Um, but no, nah, I'm just, I mean, as I said, once I'm out there, like, it's just like, fuck, I'm ready to go. And I try not to think about it too much leading in, which is hard because it's obviously a granny and everyone's talking about it. But uh, I just actually spoke to Jordan Lewis about how he was feeling before his grand finals and he gave me a bit of advice about um, just playing it as another game. You know, it's, it's, you know, I've been playing footy my whole life, so... Um, I'm obviously a little bit nervous, but yeah, once, as I said, once I'm out there, I'll be right. What's been like the messaging, I suppose, internally as a group, which, you know, publicly acknowledged that and, and build up that Melbourne, I think it's a, I can't remember, is it 56, 70, 64, whatever, how many years drought it is, it's a big one. Is that sort of infiltrated the group? Is it is it building up or is it nice that you're sort of in Perth, you guys can just stay in your hub and just do your own thing? Yeah, I think being in Perth is actually a blessing in disguise. I mean... I've seen some photos of Melbourne and it looks like it's um, it's just full of, uh, yeah, the red and blue. So, yeah, it's kind of it has been good to be here. And, I mean, everyone does know it's been a fair while since we played in a flag and, and won one. So we're obviously uh, obviously a little bit nervous. But I think uh, this whole year, like, out the team we have and the group we have, we're, we've matured so much and we're, um, yeah, we're just so excited to see what we can do. And obviously we're playing a really good side in uh, Bulldogs. So I think it'll be a close one, but... Yeah, as I said, we're just pumped, mate. Mate, it is going to be a, a close game. I'm not just saying this, but I, I don't think I've ever been so excited to watch a game and have two teams that are so close, like playing against each other. So I think it's going to be seriously, seriously impressive. The heat is going to be on early, and I suppose, you know, yourself, you go through that midfield, that half-forward roll, it's going to be so hot quickly. I love that first 10 minutes of a grand final, how hot it will be. Yeah, it's actually – I was watching um – the Hawks and the Sydney, like the last two minutes. Uh, I don't know what round, I don't know what year it was, but uh, when Malcheski kicked that goal to win it, and um, mm. like even just watching that, the last two minutes, like everyone's still going that hard, and I feel like that's what's the, the game's going to be like that on the weekend. I mean, two really good midfields going at it, and I think that's where the game will be either won or lost. Couple more in the game in itself. Where's your role on the day? Have you sort of spoken about what you're going to be doing? I know we. we we're not going to talk in specifics at all, but it, will it be similar to, to what you think? Like, what's what's your main role in the team? Yeah, it'll be similar to the last few weeks. I'll start probably on the half-forward line and, and go in the middle a little bit. Um, my role's changed a little bit. Like, during the year, I was more playing a bit more mid, and um, I've gone to half-forward, and, yeah, really loving that role. It's um, something I used to play a fair bit when I was younger. Um, I actually played on you a couple of times <laughs> back in the day. So, yeah, I love, I'm loving the role as a half forward and, um, yeah, I'll, you'll probably see me predominantly there on the weekend. Let's go back then, I suppose, back to, to 2014, your draft. You just mentioned that then. I, I, it, it will definitely around the same time, and I remember playing you a lot. I used to love playing on you. You This high energy, very chirpy on the field. You used to get into my head a lot. And um, when I say in my head, 
you were playing AFL a lot of the time and, and when occasionally you'd come back and play Preston City Oval, maybe for Casey, you'd be really chirping me. And, and you used to rock the number 43 as well. You're a rookie, lots of respect. Then all of a sudden you just had this incredible breakout year. You haven't looked back since. You ditched the high number. You, you're out of you're out of like West Footscray and you've gone to Hollywood Boulevard. You've taken the number four. What's what's the re- the memories of your early career, I suppose, and, and starting out as that rookie? Yeah, I mean, as you said, I started as a rookie, and uh, I don't know, like when you get drafted as a rookie, you kind of you got to earn your stripes a bit more than the first rounders do. So. Uh, I just I was always pretty like energetic as a kid and as an 18 year old and I never wanted to lose that uh, you know playing that's the way I play with a lot of energy and I kind of um, I feed off it a bit when someone gets into me so uh, I do remember that day at Preston City Oval and um, when we were playing <laughs> against each other and <laughs> there was a bit of banter there but uh, yeah it's been a crazy ride to be honest with you the ups and downs of um, of AFL football and. I was lucky to, you know, I think it was actually against Bulldogs in 2018 was when I got my first real crack at um, playing in the midfield and I tagged um, Jackson McRae and that's where my tagging kind of started and I got a bit of confidence out of that and then, yeah, I guess from there I've always, you know, played a more of a midfield role and as you said, I had a couple of good years and last year was probably a bit of a downer for me. I went to half back and uh, struggled a little bit there but, yeah, this year I feel like I'm back to playing good football and... Yeah, it's just great to be a part of such a, a close group and a, a really you know, a good team. What do you what do you put that down to though? Like when you speak about being a rookie, and I don't know if you've reflected on it a lot throughout your career because I suppose you're always in the game and you don't want to look back on things too much. But what got you to the stage to be able to go like from a rookie pick where like we're not being uh, disrespectful here to rookies, but you're never really the first picked in teams. You never sometimes guys they don't really feel like they can go and command a spot in the midfield because you're you know, the, one of the later picks in the draft. But you, you did that. You made that transition. Now you've been, a, you know, selected in the team a lot. How did you get that confidence? Was it just from doing work? Was it, what was it? Yeah, I always believed in myself. I was actually, like, during my draft year, like, I spoke to, like, every club. So I thought I was going to go national. And when I didn't go, I was I was so shattered. I was like, no, nah, I'm not getting drafted anymore. Like, that's it. Like, I've missed out there. I'm not going to get rookied. And it killed my confidence a lot. But then... Um, I think it's just always had a mentality of working hard and yeah when I got to the AFL like it took me ages like I remember I was like oh I don't want to be that player that never plays a game I was just really determined to, to crack into the side first and then yeah once I did crack in I mean probably similar to you you, you, you just want to earn respect of your teammates and um, I, I remember Bernie Vince he was a great mentor towards me um, big Bernard and he just always used to tell me, like, the harder harder you work, the more luck you'll have. And he used to he used to beat me at every three k. Like I could never beat him. And I was, he always just yeah, that that really stuck with me early on. Like the harder you work, the the more luck you'll have. So I guess I just, you, I mean, you got to have a bit of luck as well. I got got lucky to play that midfield role and then took with both hands. Yeah, you definitely did, man. What about the start of this year? Now you you missed six weeks. Was that due to selection or was that injury? What, what was that six week? Because you've you, since coming back in the side, you really haven't missed a beat. Yeah, round one I um, broke my scaphoid. So against Freo, I um, broke my wrist in the uh, third quarter or something. But I was actually lucky that I got it x-rayed because it's an injury where you can just play with it for weeks and weeks and then it, it ends up ruining your season. So, um, yeah, I broke my wrist and I was out for yeah, six weeks. Um, I was actually a little bit of a blessing in disguise 
because um, I was actually able to run the whole time. So I was just running flat out with the uh, with the fit, fitness staff, big sore. And I would, as I said, it was like a blessing because I was I was really fit when I came back. So I felt like I didn't miss too much um, of the physical side. It was obviously a bit draining mentally, just running every session and not touching the footy. But um, yeah, I feel I think it's helped me and held me in good stead. It's funny, like I, I look back now and, and look at my career and guys around me, and I think. I like put way too much emphasis on like being fit like this time of the year when I was like wasn't even playing I'd come back complete like the biggest pre-season ever have a good first five rounds and then just absolutely break down where you look at you know older heads that are so much smarter yes you got to get the work into your body but realistically you want to be playing the last 10 games the not the first 10 games of the the season yeah that's a good point I mean um, there's always a few pre-season heroes at every club <laughs> but um, I, I, in saying that I did have a pretty big off season as well I mean I wasn't able to travel so I um, got into Hurt Locker a little, a little gym in Richmond and um, yeah I've worked really hard over the off season because last year was really disappointing for me I got dropped for the first time in like I think it was nearly 100 games so um, that really hurt and I didn't want to be playing twos like there's nothing against playing twos but it um, yeah it hurt me a lot when I was when I was down there and I wasn't playing seniors. What did you, what, how'd that conversation go? What did you have to do to get back in the team? What was around the, the dropping? Uh, so I was, as I mentioned before, I was playing half back last year and I was struggling a little bit to, to find the footy and we weren't going great as a team. So I, th- I probably had my fair, fair set of chances to, um, to prove myself, but I, uh, yeah, I was, I was hardly getting a touch. So it was, it was valid. Like I needed to, needed to get dropped to, um, yeah, get my spot back in the team. And I actually ended up doing my hammy, like when I got back into the team. So the end of last year was, yeah, pretty disappointing for me. And Goody's, I remember Goody actually rang me in the off season. We caught up for coffee and he was, he just said like for Melbourne to be good that we need James Harms playing in the team. So, uh, yeah, he told me I'll be back in the midfield, which I loved. And, uh, yeah, from there I just had to work hard and, and I think I lost a little, little bit of trust within the team last year and I feel like I've gained that back. That's elite, like having conversations with coaches like that, that, you know, he can put the faith in you. I feel like for some reason Goody just doesn't get the respect he deserves externally. Like we saw on the weekend, obviously he got voted the Coaches Association Award, but just no one talks about him. Like he just doesn't really get spoken about in the media. How big has he been in, in the last, you know, year and a half? Because I remember... Uh, hearing a lot about when he first came to the club, it's absolutely different to what he is now. Yeah, I mean, as you said, he does. He flies under the radar a fair bit. You don't really hear much of him. End of last year, like, there was people calling for his head. And it's like, I mean, we didn't have the greatest of years, but we didn't. We just missed out on finals. He's, he's been great, not only for me, but for everyone. I mean, last year is kind of a weird year to, to talk about because it's it was such a high-pressure environment when we were in that, in the hub for however long it was yeah but this year like it's like he's so easy to talk to you can talk to him about anything he's been like a it's been a bit of like a father figure to all of us i think especially being in a hub last year where we're away from family and um, yeah this year it's just been he's been awesome maxi gorn we were lucky enough to speak to him early in the year and he, he said the same thing he was just so impressed with with how he is and he's just an incredible sort of resource for for all the guys not just in footy but in life as well so it's a, it's a credit to himself what he's been able to do. Yeah, I think because he's been through a lot of the stuff that most players have been through. So I think that's one one thing. He never forgets where he came from as well. So, yeah, he's re- it's really easy to relate to him. I always found that you know, now that I've left the game and I just like, you know, thinking about things, I always felt that necessarily like the best players in the AFL that have been picked every week, they captain their club for 
20 years and they win Brownlows and, and like yes they've got an incredible knowledge of the game but they don't have the most relatable sense of what everyone's been through and I suppose someone like Goodwin like there's been stories come out this week like yes he was a, a club, club captain and played some incredible football but he also had a lot of downtime as well and had been knocked out of the team took him a while to come in he had shit going on off field and all these types of things in his life so I suppose exactly what you're saying it makes him more relatable to everyone else in the team yeah definitely um and that's what's so easy. You can go talk to him about anything, really. Like, it doesn't have to be about footy. It can be about just life in general. So, uh, yeah, as I said, he's been he's been awesome. And we've got big Adam Uze in as well, and he's he's really been good for us. He's a midfield coach, and I love Uze. Um, Melbourne supporter as well. Like growing up, I remember watching Uze, and apparently, like I was, I remember going to like a pass players thing, and everyone was like, Nah, Uze. Like when he was playing, no one thought he'd be a good coach. But yeah, he's been unreal as well. Probably for. Not only me, but like all the midfield, like you see Track and Clary, their games have gone to another level, and I think Uzes, um, yeah, probably had a big role in that. That's huge. Yeah, we haven't really like externally as well. Like heard a lot about him. There's been a lot of you know noise about Choco and all the incredible things that he's done at the club. But um, no, I, I'm sure to get to where you guys have and the performance you've been put in, there's a lot of people that are putting in the hard work. What about like with with the D's this year? Obviously, you finished on top of the ladder. It, it was. You know, an incredible year, but there was periods in that year where it was pretty challenging too. Is, was there a pivotal moment in the year, like a win, that made you just go like, "Fuck, we're actually we're on here. Like, we're definitely a chance for this." Yeah, oh, like the one that sticks out to me was the Geelong game down there when we won that to finish on top. Like, I remember after the game, I rang my mum and I was like, "Fuck, mum, I think we can actually win this." Like, that was like the moment for me. I'm sure everyone has different moments throughout the year. And obviously winning the prelim last week was pretty special two weeks ago. But, yeah, I just remember, like, the feeling kind of changed when we won that game. I think everyone started to believe and, yeah, there's one more to go. So we're, we're pretty excited. That's exciting, man. Maxi, um, again, he spoke to us like early in the year and I suppose you've been at the club now for, for long enough to, to comment on this too. But he spoke about the culture shift at the D's and, and probably where it was from when you first started to, to what it is now. What is the main thing that stands out to you that, that's different? That's a great question. Um, I, I think, yeah, I remember when I first got to Melbourne, we were pretty, we were pretty shit, like, to be honest. Like, we weren't winning many games. And it was a bit of a rabble to be, like, to, complete, to be completely honest. Like, I just remember, like, as a young player, like, I didn't even know how to get a game. Like, there was no clear path for me. Like, this is what you have to do. And I think that's what's changed Obviously, we've changed our, our way of playing. Like you'd see a selfless brand now. I think back then it was pretty selfish. And like now, as a young player coming into Melbourne, you know they know what they have to do if they want to play. And um, yeah, I think it's just it's been a big shift in mindset with the players and the coaching staff. Uh, you know, Maxie would have touched on yeah on the selfishness of the of the group, and uh, I think that's what's driven our game this year. It's it's crazy, isn't it? And it's it's funny you've got like perceptions in football of clubs and what they stand for. And I suppose you look back, you know, and I hope I'm not speaking out of tongue here of Melbourne, but you do look back to, you know, five, ten years ago and you don't align that with a strong team of football and fast forward now and everyone goes, fuck me, that's one of the strongest jumpers you can look at. And I think Petrarca touched on that against, um, in his post-game interview with with Geelong, like I don't support Melbourne, like I love the boys and, and love it, like what you guys are doing. But even as me, like, I was, like, nearly crying. I was like, that's unbelievable. Like, he's, he's acknowledged that, yes, it's shit. 
demon supporters have been embarrassed to be supporters, but now we want to change that. And I thought that was like that vulnerability of just like admitting it. And now you're like, yeah, but we want to be proud again. I was like, fuck, that was huge. Yeah, that was that was massive. And like, I remember thinking after that, like I was a Melbourne supporter when I was growing up. So like, I remember watching us and we were shit. Like, I didn't even want to say who I went for when I was younger because, like, my older brother and my older sister went for Brisbane and Brisbane were winning, like, all the flags. Yeah, I had to stick by them because my, my old man wouldn't let me change. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, the, the D supporters have been through heaps and to finally be out there playing, you know, a really good brand of footy and I think the supporters should be really proud of the way we play and we're all really proud to be Melbourne footballers and uh, we've just... I know I keep saying it, but we're just so pumped. Like we've got a chance to, you know, make history at this club and win the win the flag, and that's what you play footy for. Uh, just on being a young fella supporting the D's, how many DMs do you reckon you would have slipped into and just abused the players when you were back in the day? If Instagram was a thing, do you reckon you would have been sliding in there, just absolutely pummeling the boys? Nah, I wouldn't. I I used to actually <laughs> feel sorry for the boys. Like honestly, yeah. like yeah, there's some dark days there. That's for sure. But hey, you don't. Yeah, you. Yeah, you don't have to tell me about it, mate. I've supported Carlton whole life, so I've definitely, uh, definitely had those feelings as well. It's that's totally fine. Off field, I love a lot of your work, not just as a footballer, mate. But you're an absolute star off the field. You've you've got an incredible relationship with a, a real big Melbourne fan, John Amos. Is that correct? In the how to Johnny? So Johnny is a is a demon supporter. I've like you know obviously seen you on Instagram and follow you on Instagram for a long time, and you've had a really good relationship with this young man. What's what, what's behind this? Can you talk a little bit about this? Because I saw there was something on your Instagram just today that you'd, you'd sort of sent him from from down, which is your business actually, Fat Fat Nut Fat Nut Customs. Yeah, I'll touch on Fat Nut in a minute. Um, it's a bit of a, a bit of silly name, have it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I met John. Would have been after I think it was in my first year. After my first win, I gave him a football on the boundary. Um, and for people that don't know who John is, John has Down syndrome and um, he's a great man. I've, I've, the moment I met him, I got a photo with him. And then like three years later or four years later after a Hawthorne game, I found him again in the crowd and I gave him a ball again. And that blew up like when it was all over the news and stuff. And um, ever since then, I've got him into the club and he's been around the club and he just, I don't know what he is, he just, he's always smiling, he's always happy. And um, his sister Dee, she's always sending me videos of him. And, you know, last year during COVID, it was pretty tough for him and uh, I sent him a few jumpers and and stuff and every time I see his videos like it just makes me happy to see someone else happy and if you get the chance just maybe jump on I'll, I'll try to share something on my story again yeah we'll, we'll have his we'll definitely put his link up as well for sure yeah and um, yeah he just has he does he was out interviewing uh, people last week for the grand final and uh, yeah when I see him smile it makes me smile that's awesome, mate. And it must be, you're definitely setting the tone there with the boys, with, with everything you're doing off field, with the selflessness. Um, we, you know, touched us here at Dylan Friends as well. Um, Sammy Dalton, who you just met before on on the link, his, his cousin Cara is going through a bit at the moment. And Petrarca, May and Gorney all sent videos to her like this week in, in you know, the biggest week of, of their lives, but still are doing things like that. So... The selflessness of, of the culture is is pretty um, strong down at, at Demons at the moment. Yeah, definitely. And I think that comes from the top. Like Goody, he always says the higher purpose of football, and that's giving back to our fans. And, um, yeah, as you said, I, I mean, Gorney and, uh, and Maisie and Track have all sent messages to, uh, to Sam's cousin, but I think most of the boys would be doing similar stuff, and it's giving back to the people that obviously – struggling a bit more than us you know being in, could be in melbourne or new south wales in 
where COVID's hit them pretty hard and um, it's just good to bring some, some joy to people's lives. Yeah, definitely, mate. If, yeah, you're in such a high power there to be able to impact people. You probably don't understand the impact you're having, but um, just know it is there. Let's speak about you off-field. You're a very busy man. Um, you've got your, your business going as well. It's humming. Got to get some fat nut customs in the studio. Um, I'll jump online and, and put some orders through. How did this start? What, what's how did it all come about? My mate Luke, he's uh, he's actually a fair bit older than me. He's my one of my good mate's stepdads, and he was running. He was trying to get his business off the ground, and he's it's it's so stupid how he came up with the name. And we just wanted something that people would remember, and we were like, this will never, no one will ever fucking forget this. My nickname's the Nut. I don't know how I got it like in my first year. Jeremy Howe just started calling me Harms Nut one day. And like I knew it was stuck when Ruzi started calling me the Nut. I'm like, fuck, this is my nickname now. So that's how I got the Nut. And Luke's, um, he, was, he was a little bit overweight. He's lost a heap of weight now. But, so we, we came up with the name Fat Nut. <laughs> um, and we're just like, at the start, it was just like, oh, we'll just do it for a bit of fun and see how it goes. And yeah, as you said, it's taken off and um, it's going pretty well. Uh, we're just about to actually signed with a with a new uh, media team to run it all so um yeah we're looking we're pretty excited where things are looking up for us so it's been good and just to give context in what the business is it's basically prints print like artwork so luke uh, he's pretty artistic i don't have an artistic bone in my body and um he was taking photos of, of melbourne and and the city and um different spots around yeah victoria and he was selling them on glass prints and they were going pretty well and he wanted me to come get involved and try and help you know grow the brand and yeah we've yeah he's he does all the art and he does some really cool stuff if you want to check it out lots of i think the the music industry like the music artists music stars are selling at the moment um lots of drake and travis scott prints and uh yeah the, the younger people love it and yeah it's good that's fat nut with uh, two tees.com on, uh, on, on the interweb. If anyone's uh, on the internet these days, all the kids love the internet. Um, so definitely check that out, mate. There's, you're doing incredible things and, and I definitely need to get a piece myself um, in the studio. So we'll, we'll sort that out. Put the wall behind you. Maybe a big demons premiership uh, post would be nice. Just somewhere in the studio, I'll get the boys in, we'll have a few beers. It'd be very, very good. Talk us through your goals, man. I suppose what's next. Okay. Best case scenario, you're standing up there with a premiership cup, with with a medal as well, maybe two. I'm hoping two. What's what's the next few weeks going to look like for you? Do you think you'll stay over in Perth and and stay over there and, and live your life because you can't really do much here at the moment? I'll start. Uh, obviously, I'd love to win it. Uh, <laughs> that's the main goal at the moment. But yeah, I'll, I'll stay here for a week or so and um, head back after that. I've got my beautiful girlfriend Corey at home at the moment, um, and she's actually from um, San Diego over in uh, California so she's she's been by herself for about f- oh, five weeks now and uh, visiting home a bit so I'll, I'll definitely get back there as soon as I can after hopefully win and have a bit of celebration a few frothies and um, a bit of partying but uh, yeah she's been back home so I'll definitely be getting back home and if we do win I mean I'm sure we'll want to try and go around again I think you will it's going to be very exciting mate honestly cannot thank you enough for coming on the show, having a chat, and, um, mate, we'll do it all again um, as soon as we can. Get in the studio, have a few beers, and, and Bob's your uncle. Thanks so much for your time, bro. Thanks, brother. Thanks for having me. If that wasn't enough for you and you want even more, you're in luck. Dylan Friends is now on Patreon. Dylan Best Friends. An exclusive loyalty subscription featuring the debrief podcast of each episode and bonus Q&As from Patreon members like this. Favourite TV or, or film? 
Uh, favorite TV series, series the old Simpsons. Um, seasons one to twelve can't go past Breaking Bad either. And film, uh, big Star Wars fan, massive Star Lovely. Wars fan. Okay, wow. And there's plenty more where that came from. If you'd like to learn more, you can head to patreon.com forward slash Dylan Friends, or you can head to the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening to the Dylan Friends podcast. If you like the show, it'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, leave a review, or even share with your friends. The show is produced by myself and Sam Bonza. Damon Jackman from Creative Edge Films is responsible for audio and visual production. The show is recorded at the Dylan Friends Studio in Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to get in touch or suggest a guest or advertise with the Dylan Friends podcast, please email us at inquiries at dylanfriends.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. <laughs>